Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Welcome to the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Your premium destination for all things gaming culture. We have the latest in gaming news, reviews of the hottest new games, discussion and analysis of the games of yesteryear. When you're short on time and need your gaming fix, look no further than the crew who know their master chief from their master sword. I love Halo. Your hosts, Joel, Simon, Casey, and Ferg. So toss a coin to your Witcher and answer that call of duty. It's time to level up. This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Yes, fighting off Baron Dante and his band of villains known as the Dantinis with a magical yellow bird named Beanie in order to free the Gobbos. Uh, This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. I am your host, Joel J.B. Fury Beauchene, and with us this week, as always, are the DG crew, starting with the PC gamer, the Sultan of Steam. He's got more Lord of the Rings jokes than there are Rings of Power distributed throughout <laughs> Middle-earth. It's Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Welcome to the show, Fergus. Oh, JB, how are you, mate? Yeah. I'm bloody fired up this week. We've had a uh, couple of weeks off. We've had. We've all been very busy. I think we've all been sick. Yes. The... Uh, the studio's had a makeover, um, yes. and to top it off, we had some bloody technical difficulties last week, so yes, that's right. hopefully, fingers crossed, it's smooth sailing. Good to be here, mate. Yes, good to have you with us. Uh, also with us, uh, the gaming chef, the Earl of Emotional Damage. There is very little he loves more in this world than affordable housing. It's Simon <laughs> Steely McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, Steely. Oh, thank you, Joel. Pay my mortgage. Because that's hot. Um, <laughs> sup, fuckers. It's going to be a monster It sure is. And to all the listeners at home, lick it before you slip it into your bum. Thank you, Steely. Finally, with us, the Nintendo Queen, Pistol Pisty Pete. The Pissed. Uh, she's happily trawling the PlayStation Store for bargains to share with our listeners so they don't have to do it. It's Casey C. Mac McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, C. Mac. Thanks, Joel. I don't have anything vulgar to say. Well, that's extremely disappointing. Good to be here. Good to be here. Not now, she doesn't. <laughs> and uh, first things first, we're, we're a couple of weeks late, but uh, I... I would feel wrong if we didn't uh, talk about it. So, Starfield, we had uh, we had a Starfield direct from Bethesda Game Studios, and uh, I think we all watched it. Uh, I mean, I know Ferg and I definitely did. Uh, you and uh, Casey watched it, didn't you, Steely? I skimmed through it, JB. I did not. Sorry, because okay. at the end of the day, am I going to play this game? No. So, do I need to watch it deeply and in depthly? I skimmed through it. Well. <laughs> It was like reading a magazine for me. Uh, all right. Well, Ferg and I uh, watched it uh, very uh, with with great interest, and uh, so here's here's my takeaways. Here's my summary. So first things first, um, the improvement in the quality of the game engine over Fallout Four or Fallout seventy six is like immediately apparent. The different environments of the different planets. Um, 
really looked incredible. Uh, Bethesda stated in the Starfield Direct that the lighting on a planet is based on the type of star and the planet's atmosphere, both of which will, will affect the, the way a planet is, is lit, um, which oh, straight off the bat, that's, that's pretty impressive. Mm. Um, you know, it's uh, already shows that they're really giving a lot of thought to this. Um, so you can play the game in third person or first person mode, uh, which is a nice choice to have. So I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that was similar to Fallout 4. You could, uh, yeah, yeah. you could do that. So, um, and the HUD that they showed looks pretty minimalistic, but relatively functional. I don't think there's too many complaints so far about the the look of the HUD or anything like that. No, looks mm. beautiful. Yeah. Well, in the Starfield Direct, the first thing we saw was uh, someone using a, using a mining laser on a rock to obtain iron, um, presumably for, for crafting purposes. So I really love these mechanics and they straight off the bat reminded me of Subnautica, which uh, mm. another game that uh, you introduced me to, Ferg, mm. and that I really, really loved. Um, and in Subnautica, you need like a combination of different resources that you gather to build different modules and vehicles and tools and, and all that sort of thing. So um, if that is where this game is headed, I'm already on board. Um, in uh, the footage of the combat that they showed, uh, a few times the player is seen shooting the jetpack on the back of an enemy player which then sends them rocketing and bouncing all over the place before they finally explode at the end. Uh, love that. Mm. Love that. Um, and using the jetpack in combat really appears to work well. And I think there's there's nothing like in a first-person shooter type game, something that's on the enemy player that you can attack to, to kill them that's more than just like shooting them like normally. Mm. Like I, th- I think of... Um, uh, the the game Metro where uh, you you're largely based underground in the subway system, but then when you come up to the surface, you have to put a gas mask on, and when you shoot the enemy's gas masks off, uh, they start choking and and like they they suffocate. And I th- I'm pretty sure it's the same in the, the Last of Us when you're in like an area that's got the spores, mm. and and the, you have to wear the gas masks in there. So um, really cool, love that. Um, so they showed a little bit about the navigation through the various star systems and across the galaxy. Looked pretty, pretty simplistic and quite intuitive. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that one, Ferg? Like- yeah, I mean, looks serviceable. Um, I think my sort of takeaway was I thought the spaceship combat actually looked pretty good. Some of the dogfights and stuff they um they showed off. Um, first thing I thought about when I saw it was, you know, they obviously outside of the combat getting from one place to the other in your uh, spaceship is going to be the main means of travel. Mm. I'm just interested to see after you go to a place and you obviously unlock some kind of, you know, fast travel point, whether there's going to be an incentive to just fly your ship around from place to place. They also showed some of the the piracy stuff as well. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much time we actually spend just flying around space. Mm. Um, But no, it looked good. Well, they go into quite a bit of detail in the video about the character creator and the various NPCs that you interact with for the main storyline. Um, if you're into that sort of character creator stuff, you won't be disappointed. Um, you also get to pick some perks uh, similar to Fallout, like when you start off, which gives your character abilities such as 
Uh, one particular one that stood out to me was being able to mind control uh, the wild fauna, um, which to me is, is reminiscent of XCOM. And uh, when you train your people in psionics, you can mind control uh, some of the, um, the the enemy like soldiers and and ha- actually have them fight for you or mm. or just like basically send them like a a pulse that makes them go berserk and then they just start gunning anyone and everyone in their vicinity. Um, what did did you did you have a look at that, Steely? What did you think of that particular mechanic? Yeah, look, I, I think in this Starfield Direct, a couple of things. I think the bare naked ladies, uh, if I'm not corrected, uh, if I'm not wrong, sorry, said it best when I say it's all been done, JB. It's all been done. You can my what game can I mind control in at the moment? It's Legend of Zelda: Tears in the Kingdom. I can shoot a muddle bud at a fucking bacobblin and make him attack his best friend. <laughs> so. It's all been done before. <laughs> Same as the the No Man's Sky mining fucking thing. It's like an up-res version of No Man's Sky. I'm going to be a bit rude to Starfield, but I don't know. It's mm. a big, lots of planets in that game. I don't know if it's for me. Mm. I'm not going to play it again. I'm not going to be out. able to play it. But... Steely's going <laughs> all, uh, <laughs> going all Dave Hughes on us. <laughs> oh, oh, too much. oh, yeah. <laughs> so many planets. Yeah. I don't know if they're all for me. Planets. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna yeah. shit the bed. Oh my god! <laughs> all right. So, um, uh, another perk that they talk about is being able to, like, choose to belong to a particular religion, and uh, they were showing like they had a random encounter with a pirate ship, but because the main player was the same religion as the people on the pirate ship. They basically let him talk his way out of the the scrape, and off he went without having to fight. So, mm. uh, yeah, cool little mechanic. Yeah, I like uh, that one too. That yeah. that one we saw in, um, which was done really well in Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, where you pick a starting. I think it was like you're a street kid. Yeah, the corpo, the corpo, and there was another one. And depending on what you would select, also determine where you started in the game, but. All the dialogue you had with people, like if you, I, I think I when I played, I picked the street kid one. So everyone on the street would talk to you like an equal, mm. and you know, where whether if if you were crypto, they'd probably give you nothing. So that that kind of stuff's cool, just to mix it up a bit and you know, completely change some of the dialogue options and some of the um, conversations that you have in the game. So yeah, I thought mm. it looked cool. Well, um, all right. So next thing was the <clears throat> skills tree, which much like the one in Fallout Four seems to have a focus on unlocking new abilities um, such as being able to craft more elaborate weapons or, as shown in the video, unlocking the ability to target very specific subsystems of an enemy craft when in a dogfight. Now, I love games that have this uh, where you unlock new abilities rather than just getting stat boosts to, like, damage or health or whatever, like... um, I think in um, Fallen Order, uh, some of the perks that you could pick basically just, oh, you do 5% more damage with your lightsaber. Ah, stick your 5% up your ass. I, no, I hate I hate <laughs> ones like that because they, they actually, the game feels no different really mm-hmm. once you... Yeah. And I feel like getting a new perk should unlock something new in the game that you couldn't do before. Mm. You know, that's, that's just my opinion. But... Um, the the whole thing about being able to target subsystems like it's only very briefly mentioned in the video 
but it immediately reminded me of a game I loved called Star Trek Bridge Commander, where you also had the option to target a specific subsystem of the enemy craft. And this mechanic led to a really dynamic fighting situation when you're fighting ship to ship. And you had to choose, for example, do I target their engines first and knock them out so that they can't escape once I've done, you know, sort of enough damage to their ship? Or do I target their life support and try to kill the people inside the ship but preserve the vessel so I can sort of capture it or raid it or whatever the case may be? Uh, do I target the shield generator so that it knocks that out and then all my shots are basically just hammering the hull and knocking systems out? Uh or do I target their weapons and leave them defenseless and just sort of then I can just pick them off at my my own pace? So definitely a lot to unpack, a lot to consider there. Um, but they also include the other mechanic from Bridge Commander, which was how you allocate your available power on your own ship. So you can you have a certain amount of power that you can allocate to your systems and you can divert power away from one thing to boost something else. So do you put extra power to your engines so that when you, if you need to make a quick escape, your engines power up faster and, and away you go? Um, or uh, do you overcharge your weapons to do more damage? Or do you allocate all extra power to your shields so that you can stay in the fight longer before you start taking damage to your ship and the hull? Um, so I was really excited to see that this is how they've set up the space combat uh, element of Starfield. Um, not to mention that you can also just decide to board an enemy ship, gun down all the crew inside, uh, like on foot, and then just take the ship mm. and and you know either sell it at a shipyard nearby or salvage it for parts or, or whatever. So mm. really, like, seems to me like that would be a really good way to like quickly get a lot of money together so that you can upgrade your own ship and your own equipment like um really like that mechanic um so they showed off uh, the ship builder part of the game where you can basically customize your own ship with different modules and research stations and weapons and all this sort of stuff it was all really really modular and basically you could just keep building the ship bigger and bigger until you've got an absolute like monster on your hands and in the video they showed like a variety of like traditional ships so if you sort of closed your eyes and pictured like a spaceship in a science fiction movie that's pretty much what what you're getting like in the game but then the developers uh, also built a ship that looked like a giant mech basically mm. um just to basically show you you could do it mm. and then they had all the like the thrusters and everything in its feet and it just sort of vertically taking off and it was huge like mm. um so yeah like it was really cool um even though slightly impractical uh it's definitely <laughs> got the point across that to the customization options are pretty limitless yeah and i think they highlighted the fact that if you you can build small similar to <clears throat> some of the things you mentioned before that customization will determine how your ship will fly so if you've got a big hulking mess it's going to be slow. It's not going to be very manoeuvrable, but mm. it might have some other strengths over a smaller um, ship that's quicker and, and stuff like that. So that's pretty cool. But I think we're just going to see shades of um, Zelda with this one. There's going to be all sorts of weird and wonderful things. There's just going to be giant 
dongs flying around space. I mean, the, the <laughs> social media is just going to be full of penis starfield spaceships for weeks. I can well, see it. We can only hope. <laughs> um, what about you, uh, Steely? We couldn't uh, tempt you to be flying around a giant cock and balls, uh, uh, you know, uh, and then uh, Look, space the- docking with a with an enemy vessel, uh, you know, in outer space. I'd love to be space docking with the enemy, um, but. <laughs> You know, unfortunately, there's just no tangible way for me to play this and to enjoy it. If I was to buy, go out and buy an an Xbox to play this fucking game, um, at the end of the day, it's going to be capped at 30 frames per second because uh, I don't know if you saw this that came out. They, they weren't even planning on this game coming out on Xbox unless there was the merger. So it's just not even really, it's not even for that. It's for it's for PC. It's a PC game, and I mean my PC is fantastic, but it is a few years old. So I'd be running mm. it on some lower visuals, and um, it just I just don't feel like I'd get the scope of it or have the time to do it. I mean, there's there's a like a thousand planets, and in my mind, I just go, am I ever going to visit that one thousand planets ever? No. You know, and and if and if so, if I really was going to go and visit them, there has to be a reason for me to go and visit them. Now, playing a game like Legend of Zelda: The Tears of the Kingdom at the moment, which I keep coming back to because it's been my life for the past uh, month or so. Mm. Um, the, even the map in that there is above, the middle, and below, and it doesn't at any point feel bloated in every single nook and cranny I want to go and visit. And um, th- there's a reason for me too as well because you never know what you're going to find. There's all these different collectibles you can get. And look, it will just, I think in, as far as it being a game of the year contender as well, which I don't doubt that it is, it's just going to have to be able to do all of those things in infinitely more space and not make it feel bloated and empty, which I, I think is kind of worrisome considering not all, all of those planets are going to have a civilization on it as well. Mm. which obviously would be a hard thing to do, but I, I, there's just a lot of alarm bells. And plus, it's being developed by Bethesda. So if it's not gonna, if it's not buggy, um, it's not Bethesda. Uh, so well, in saying cash, that, cash for the in saying that uh, they have taken a lot of extra time to, to polish this game and presumably it's, you know, they've been taking that extra time to make sure that the bugs are by and large polished out because, uh, I mean... Everyone would would definitely be thinking that Bethesda don't want a, a Redfall situation, mm. and certainly Microsoft mm. don't want another Redfall situation after the the absolute atrocity that happened uh, with mm. Redfall and Arcane Studios. Um, and then, obviously, uh, to follow it up, then then we had the the saga with uh, Lord of the Rings Gollum mm. and the the absolute fuckfest yeah. that that ended up being. <laughs> Um, so, you know, how many, how many dud games need to come out in a year before the, the developers actually sit back and go, oh, we better make sure that ours really shines because, um, mm. we do not want to be lumped in with all these, uh, absolutely all these other crap titles. Yeah. I mean, they should yeah. be looking at it as a point of differentiation in like everyone else is dropping the ball. Let's, let's us not do that and let's, you know, take the time and, and I th- I think Todd Howard actually Todd the God actually came out and said that this is out of all of the Bethesda games he's been involved with, and this is the less bug-riddled one of recent times. So, oh, that's that's really high praise, <laughs> isn't it? 
Yeah, we'll, we'll see. That could mean something. <laughs> Look, so, it's the I, one with the least amount of bugs that we've ever put out, but we can't be fucked ironing out all oh, of well. them. I think when you make a game this know. big with this much scope, you're going to have teething issues. So yeah. we'll see. Hopefully yeah. it's not anywhere near as bad as 76 on launch. and um, With flying death claws. And- yeah, and just falling through the earth. It's comical. Mm. Um yeah, but I mean, some of some of the things. What have I looking at my notes here? Some of the things that I took away. I think one of my biggest concerns um, from what we saw last time was the shooting um, and the gunplay and how that looked. And I reckon it looks like day and night compared to what we've seen before. Looked, it looked, looked really smooth heaps in this better, video, like yeah. heaps better. So that that's got me a lot more excited about this game because that was probably the biggest thing. Um, that's probably of concern, and I'm with Steely as well. How do you make a thousand planets interesting? Time will tell. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it looks like they've really ironed out the kinks with the shooting, and it looked super smooth and looked fun, and so that, that's that's really good. Um, what else have I got? Just again, the customization options seem limitless. Like with any of the Bethesda games, you think of the Elder Scrolls series, Fallout. There's always been heaps of options to make your character unique, do whatever you want. But some of the stuff as far as like we talked about the spaceship, but even the outposts, they showed some stuff as building an outpost on a um, on a planet. And then they sort of showed a, the camera panning from a distance. So you're building it from the outside. And then you went inside the um, basically the outpost and you were moving furniture around and stuff like mm. that. So anyone who loves having a field day with customization, you're going to get a silly amount of time just tweaking things to how you like them and again just absolutely <clears throat> reeked of subnautica like that yeah. whole base building and yeah. adding the extra modules on and then you go inside and you can sort of see how it's changed things and then basically fit decking out the inside of it with decorations and furniture and whatever else you want to put in there like yeah, for sure look cool really absolutely cool. i mean i was just overall blown away with just the scope of what the game appears to be on the surface it just looked beautiful heaps of detail like in an hour, we saw so much stuff. I don't know what I was sort of expecting. They obviously had an hour blocked out, so I don't know if I was not expecting an hour's worth of stuff, but they showed heaps, and mm. they were pretty you know, open to showing stuff. So, again, that fills me with a lot of confidence. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to get stuck into this game absolutely when it rolls around. Big fan of the Bethesda games. Definitely the Fallout and Elder Scrolls series are you know, in the top ten for me. Um, and just, yeah, all that stuff around the skill trees, you know, bringing back companions. I'm a big talk first, shoot later kind of operator in these games. So I'm really looking forward to just absolutely cranking up the dialogue skills and, you know, talking my way out of every situation. Um, yeah. So can't wait for it. Mm. Well, um, you know, I've always been a uh, fan of the Bethesda games and, and then I, I took an arrow to the knee. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Well, in summary, I went into this uh, Starfield Direct with very low expectations about what would be served up. I don't really know why, but I walked away from it with an opinion of this game that this would probably only be the second game this year that I would gladly pre-order to pick up on day one. Um, If Bethesda launched this without a swathe of game-breaking bugs as has become the norm, this will be the only other game, I think, this year to give Tears of the Kingdom a genuine competitor for Game of the Year. Mm -hmm. That's uh, that's my prediction. Um, I mean, I think it's going to have a really, really tough time to 
shift Tears of the Kingdom because mm. it has just done yeah huge business and um, well deserved. Mm. If if Tears of the Kingdom does win Game of the Year, but um, yeah, I think the more games that we can have in that race, uh, the better for for everyone. Absolutely. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, especially especially being a year where not a lot of good stuff has come out so far. Like there's been a lot of issues as far as releases that have meant to have been big this year. And so I'm with you to have more in the race is really, really good. And I don't doubt the Starfield will be there. I'm being negative about it because I won't play it. So <laughs> like, and I don't have the time to be invested in it. And that's the yep. thing that kind of bugs me is I'd lo- I'd love to play a game like this. Cause it looks like something that I'd really get into. Um, if I didn't, have other things to do, mm-hmm. like play Tears of the Kingdom but, <laughs> or Diablo Four. Yeah. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, JB, you're talking about pre-ordering. I don't know if you saw or not. They um they sort of announced a few different things. So they announced the Starfield wireless controller, and they got a special mm-hmm. Starfield branded headset. They also um, announced the uh, Constellation Edition, coming with a very snazzy looking wash watch and carrying case for a measly $500. Does that pique the interest at all? Do you need a new watch? Well, no. Um, and <laughs> look, it's probably one of these things a younger me might have gone, oh, yeah, I'd love to get around wearing a, you know, a yeah. Starfield watch. Um, the me now that's nearly 40 years old is thinking to myself, I don't think I'd be comfortable walking around wearing a video game branded uh, watch. Yeah. You know, um, I say that with my Super Mario cap on and my uh, Skyrim T-shirt showing. Your Sonic Crocs. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, dear. It's funny because it's true. Oh, but there'll be people buying it. I mean, Bethesda have got a history of dropping some pretty good collector's edition stuff. We we had the mini nuke at some point from memory and we had the Pip-Boy and Mm. they've done a few cool things like that. So, And I I seem to recall there was uh, many people that sort of did uh, mod out the the Pip-Boy unit to make it look more realistic and more Mm. functional and all that. But would you... uh, Get out and about with it uh, strapped to your to your yeah. wrist, uh, showing off your fandom to the world. No, and I mean this constellation edition that had the watch is five hundred bucks. It's yeah. getting expensive. I mean the game on PC is hundred. It start it's starting at one hundred and twenty bucks. That's where we're at now with PC mm. games on day one. And I think the constellation edition, the digital one, was like one hundred and seventy bucks. Whatever that's called, I don't think it's called whatever it is. One hundred and seventy bucks. Mm. Bloody well, I you know. I have the tendency to not go for deluxe additions to games because you you're spending an extra 50 60 bucks to get a bit of artwork, maybe a few a few audio tracks from the game and maybe a couple of skins and I just think it's a fucking waste of money personally, but uh, you know, 4 days early or something for then. for those of our listeners out there who love doing that, fucking go your little heart <laughs> out. Like uh, don't let me stop you. Do it. <laughs> All right, well, up next, we have Fergus Fergamon Hamilton with uh, a bit of uh, news about the Microsoft showcase that was also attached to the uh, Starfield Direct. Yeah, so just prior to the Direct, we had the Xbox Games Showcase. So I was going to rip through some of my thoughts, some of the highlights. Feel free to chime in with your thoughts. I don't know if everyone watched this. I don't know if anyone was as enthusiastic as me and got up at, I think it was 2.30 on a Monday morning here in Australia and... 
desperately tried to keep my eyes eyes open, but more or less fell asleep through no, it. And when I got up, couldn't remember it and had to watch it again. Mm. Anyone do that? No deal. No, no fucking deal. No. deal. Just Especially me. not for the Microsoft. <laughs> well, anyway, here we go. Righto. So what do we see? Um, well, first off, I'll start off with overall, we had an hour of power from Microsoft and mm. kudos. I thought it was actually... I actually really enjoyed it and thought they did a very good job. Um, it reminded me of, I want to say a few years ago, but it must be five or so years ago. I remember Microsoft was starting to get a bit of, cop a bit of flack at their E3 presentations because they were too busy bringing out, you know, cinematic trailers of games that, you know, weren't even thought about. There's too many people up on stage talking and they just weren't really giving us a whole lot of gameplay. Mm. And basically they took that all on board and since then at all of their showcases they pretty much just blast out what they've got. So we had an hour of pretty much being shown gameplay. There was very little anything else. So um, a few cinematic trailers and stuff, but all games that are sort of in the pipeline for release in the next, you know, 12 to 18 months kind of thing. So I thought it was actually really good. But anyway, some of the highlights. So straight off the bat, we saw a new trailer for Fable, which included none other than Mr. Maurice Moss, a.k.a. Richard Aode, I think you pronounce his last name who took on the role of a funny narrating giant called Dave the Vegetable Enthusiast. Enthusiast. So that was kind of a humorous sort of plug for the for the game. Um, they showed off a bit of gameplay, but again, it was more of a reminder that they're working on it. No release date on that one, but looks promising. Mm. Um, fans of the series will be excited about that. Does it star Norman Reedus at <laughs> all? Don't think so. No. Oh, well... <laughs> <laughs> There we go. Uh, didn't didn't see him there. <laughs> he might be in the game. Never mind. But he wasn't. He wasn't a showcase of the. Uh, maybe they just put the whole IT crowd cast in there. We'll see. Bloody what's his name? Yeah. Try turning it off and on again. Yeah, yeah. He might be in there as a. Chris O'Dowd. Chris yeah. O'Dowd might be in there as I don't know another vegetable yeah. enthusiast. Cod. Yeah. Big Chrissy O'Dowd, <laughs> the top dog. Uh, moving on, we saw uh, Star Wars Outlaws was announced is Ubisoft's new open world Star Wars game. So coming in 2024, developed by, like I said, Ubisoft Massive, which is the same team that bought us The Division. Um, this one's an original story set between The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Looks good. I have no no interest whatsoever. And I don't know how you guys feel. But... Lack of <laughs> I'm a little Star Wars down. <laughs> We've had a lot. It seems like we've had a lot of Star Wars content, a lot of Star Wars games, and I'm just a little bit off it. But again, well, my thoughts. Anyone else feel the same way? Maybe not. Yeah, I've got to break it to you. This looked really, really good. Yeah, like as far as just an as an adventure game and an open world adventure game. Even if you're not into Star Wars, it looks really, really good. But it's being developed by the <laughs> fucking. Pig dogs at fucking Ubisoft. Oh, so God. anything is possible at this point. Oh no, God! Yeah, no, no, you really? are right, oh, Steely. God, did... Please, no, no, no. Like it looks really good, and that's no! my problem. It looks good. It's tantalising me, but Ooh. it's Ubisoft. Mm. No, it did look good. I'm just, I've had a bit too much Star Wars saturation to get too excited about it, but we'll, we'll see. It did, it did look good. Um, listen up, Steely. This one's for you. We had. Phil Spencer come out and show off and show off the new sporty looking carbon black variant of the Xbox Series S, which is coming on September one and will be sporting a bigger one terabyte SSD. 
to go with a new look. You know, so. I like Who it bigger. Fucking gives a fuck. <laughs> More to the point. <laughs> well, maybe someone. So we'll see. Maybe someone's who wants to play Starfield. Maybe like Steely. Don't know. Might mm. be looking to it. Not at thirty FPS. Rather shit the bed. For England, James. Next up, we saw a game called Clockwork Revolution, which looked oh. it looked like Bioshock. It had this amazing sort of steampunk action RPG sort of aesthetic, um, and it sort of gave me hints of Bioshock and then hints of maybe Deathloop, somewhere in between. And it actually looked really, really good. Um, yeah, so that one looks like it's worth looking out for. Um, Arcane Studios involved in that one? No. Don't think so. No. Um, no. Thank fuck for that. No. <laughs> Someone else, not them. I would almost, I would almost uh, buy an Xbox for that game. Wow, that's it. Uh, looks that good. It's a yeah. Big call. But why? I'd probably sooner steal one than buy one, but mm. I'd at least have one in the house just to play. Holy Jesus! Which just looks in, very good. Yeah, just out of like we're just going a little bit off topic. Um, EB Games have got Xbox Series S's on sale at the moment for two ninety nine. So this being the uh, digital-only version wow. of the game, I mean that's pretty cheap. I mean that's a pretty. I mean that's cheaper than the Switch. <clears throat> That'll gee whiz. Get you what it's you need than to. Cheaper the Nintendo 3DS. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because they, they can't fucking give these things away. <laughs> like no one's fucking interested in buying Xboxes because why would you? Like, mate, you listen to the games <laughs> I'm rattling off. Yeah, but Starfield. Fucking if that Clockwork that Revolution. Clock, clockwork game. Clockwork Revolution, I'd buy. I'd do it. I'd think about it. If you were to side-by-side compare the the number of like really banging titles that have come out on PS5 and even PS4 compared to Xbox Series S and X, they're just not even in the same... Not even in the same ballpark at the moment. Mm. And that's even with the value proposition of Games Pass. Mm. Like... They've acknowledged they've lost the the console war. They've they've fucked it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Heard it here first. <laughs> anyway, mm. anyway, it's well, all the uh... off, <laughs> you're killing it, killing it, mate. <laughs> what else did we see? Um, Microsoft Flight Simulator 2024. They showed off um, again. I've always enjoyed this series of games. They look incredible. Primarily, it's been a uh, you know commercial airline type fly the plane from A to B. Whereas in this new iteration of the game, which is coming out next year, they showed off a whole different range of different um, kind of modes, I suppose you'd call them. Um, so here are a few. We got aerial firefighting, search and rescue, helicopter cargo, cargo um, agricultural aviation, mountain rescue, skydiving, aerial construction, VIP charter services. They had AV racing. Um, they had hang gliding. Or gliding planes, and to top it off, they had hot air ballooning. That just looked cool. They showed off all these different modes. So again, I think that's a really nice, you know, addition to what's already a, a fantastic series. Is just a whole another means to, you know, fly around and do different things. So that looks super cool. But they did have to remove the controversial Al Qaeda mode um, oh, from the game. No. So, uh... oh wow! <laughs> oh, <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Too far. <laughs> oh, my God. You're giving the modders an idea, JB. <clears throat> now, we'll keep clear of that. Oh. What else have we got? We saw uh, um, City Skyline 2 is a game that 
the, the original game is I absolutely loved. I've banged on about it before. As far as city builders since, you know, SimCity, I think it's definitely been the pick. So we saw a whole stack of, you know, gameplay on that one. That one there looks... It just looks like bigger and better and more detailed on a smaller level. So that one's not too far away. That's Oct- October 24. Mm. Um, we also saw another first-party exclusive by none other than Obsidian. Um, so you think Fallout New Vegas, um, Outer Worlds, those type of games. Um, their little game called Avowed, which is coming next year, which is a huge new fantasy RPG Um yeah, they showcased it off. Looks pretty different, dif- decent. Visuals look fantastic. So it looks very Obsidian. If you played any of those games, you can sort of look at this and be like, oh, yeah, I can tell who made that. That's coming out next year. Looks fantastic. Nice. Um, yeah, we saw a whole stack of, you know, add-ons to existing games. So we saw The Phantom of Liberty. They gave that a release date, September 26th. We had Keanu Reeves come out, and we saw a big um, gameplay trailer with Idris Elba, who's... Uh, going to be in the game mm. more elder scrolls online stuff fallout 76 is getting a new update um and an interesting one coming to sea of thieves which piqued my interest when and i thought of you jb is the legendary swashbuckler guy guy brush threepwood is making an appearance in uh, oh, sea of thieves in really? a new update which is uh free to anyone that's got the game so there it is tunes but an an interesting fact, <laughs> who the guy that made Monkey Island? What's his name? It escapes me. Uh, Ron Gilbert. Ron Gilbert apparently had nothing to do with this. Okay. So I think he was equally as surprised well, everyone else when he saw it getting announced. So. Ron Gilbert, you can. Yeah. yeah. Oh, double, double the down. horn. Yeah. Double the fun. <laughs> double the Wii U horn. So anyway, there are a few things I saw at the Xbox showcase for anyone who's got any kind of love for Xbox. Um, yeah. There wouldn't be fucking many left. They've certainly burnt through. Emotional damage. You can't mean to tell me that you don't think Microsoft have burnt through the goodwill of their uh, loyal customers in so many ways. I mean, fuck me. Well, we can hope that Starfield and Avowed and a few other of these games and then obviously an Elder Scrolls game in the future will uh, right the wrong and right the ship. It's been a bit shaky for a couple of years, yes. I yeah. admit you're probably right there, but um, anyway. Oh, well. Hey, uh, Microsoft. My money don't jiggle, jiggle. It falls. I'd like to see you wiggle, wiggle, for sure. Uh, all right, Steely, what do you got for us? What do you got for us? A bit of, ah. bit of news from over the ocean where... Where uh, you know the uh, Japanese actually know what to do with the uh, video game technology to make it appealing. Yes, yes, yes. Three yeses, everyone. <laughs> Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Bloody fucking wow! Nintendo, Nintendo, dang well did a direct this week, everyone. It was a forty-minute swingers party. Some announcements were hot. Some were not, and some were just downright cock-frothing. So let's get straight into it, shall we? Fuck. First cab off the rank is some of the things that I didn't like, okay? You ready? Okay. All right. Now, it's 2023. Mm. Now, unless you are legally blind, there is no way in fucking hell that you are thinking to yourself, "Mm, I'd love to play the Batman Arkham series on my (laughs) Nintendo Switch, (laughs) Um, especially... (laughs) 
Especially the last fucking game in that series being Arkham Knight released in 2015 on PS4. It's like it's like if someone came up to you and asked you if you wanted to play the most graphically impressive game of the last console generation, but with barbed wire in your eyeballs. <laughs> so the hard fucking no from me. <laughs> Wow. Uh, and, and also, if you haven't played the Arkham series by now, you're not fucking playing it, let's be honest. Mm. And if you are playing it in on Nintendo Switch, you're a basic bitch. <laughs> um, Emotional but... damage! Mm. Anywho. Um, look, now, the only thing I didn't like apart from that was probably most of the third-party announcements, which was 60% of the show, but that's all right. Now, anyway... For some exciting things announced at this show. Oh, I can feel it in my pants already. Um, <laughs> Super Mario RPG, everyone. Not the Mario RPG I hope to see at this show, but it's the one that we need right now. Not the um, fucking thousand-year get... door one that uh, C-Mac no. loves so much. There's still a bit of hope, everyone. There's still a bit of hope. It might happen. I think this is a yeah, good right. way to for people to just fucking get their shit together and put a good... Mario RPG out there, especially after the the fucking cock fest that has been the last sort of set of Paper Mario games that have come out in the last 10 years, the mm. humdrum that has been. Anyway, it looks fantastic. Um, it's a fantastic looking remake. It, it's one that I really hope adds a host of quality life improvements, which I'm sure it will. The art style is gorgeous and faithful to the original. I'm very excited. It looks very good. Um, did anybody see that? I know that you played bloody... Super Mario RPG on the SNES. JB, are you fucking cock frothing for this one or what? Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Uh, no. Oh, well, okay. Why is it, is it because it doesn't happen in space? You can't visit a thousand planets? Uh, maybe. I, I don't know. I, I just, yeah, I'm not really, not really that, uh, that interested. To be honest, but you know, I might you might have a look if privilege, mate. If you <laughs> if you uh, if you buy it, steal it, I might have a might have a gay. But uh, other than that, <laughs> mate, no. I'd happily lend it to you after I've finished with it. Mm. Same with um, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. When we're finished mm. with it, you can gladly play that and see what you've been missing out on. Both of you, you fucking mm. cockfuckers. <laughs> anyway, thanks. Mate. Um, very excited. Next up. Peach is going to be back in the cockpit every in a starring role. The ball's hardened. In a brand new game, everyone, and I'm quite excited. It look, Not much was shown, unfortunately, um, but it looks bloody cute, and I'm a sucker for a good spin-off. It looks like it will be a lot of fun. Who, who knows? At the moment, it was like two seconds of gameplay, so who knows? But I'm ready for it. Just a peach um, mm. It's a peach game. Yeah, yeah, nice. Not about the fruit. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, so um, Luigi's Mansion Two is getting an HD port for Switch. Now, I wouldn't really call it a remaster because it doesn't even look as gorgeous as Luigi's Mansion Three. But I'm happy for this coming to Switch because you know Luigi's Mansion Two is a decent little game on the 3DS. Yeah. A lot of people complained about it. Oh, it's not Luigi's Mansion One. Oh, but um, looks like fun. So, I, well, I mean, Luigi's Mansion Three was was really good. Uh, you know, my oh, yeah. lovely daughter you, and I played like through that, that together. Yeah, if, if you do like games that don't have um, any progression system and a bunch of useless collectibles, <laughs> it was fantastic. Wow. Um, but it was gorgeous. It was a gorgeous Emotional game. Emotional damage! 
A lot uh, that bugged me about <clears throat> it, but it was gorgeous. Now, mm. moving on. Okay. There's a new 3D platformer by some of the team that brought us Sonic Mania called Penny's Big Breakaway. And this looks fucking amazing. I have not been excited for a 3D platformer like I'm excited for this game since Mario Odyssey. It's fast and the art is wild and it looks like it's all centralized around like a yo-yo. So heaps of style. Very cool. Very, very excited for this one. Um, And, you know, for some of the guys, I don't know how much of the team it was that worked on Sonic Mania that's on it, but they are just fucking wizards. They do a really good job. So I'm really pumped for this. Mm. Now, um, Pikmin 4. Nice one. Pikmin 4. Fuck yeah. Pumped for that. Pikmin 1 and 2 available in the Nintendo eShop. Fuck yeah. Um, that's all I have to say about that. Um, now, this is mm. this is my year, right? This is a, a year where a new 2D Sonic and 2D Mario are both releasing in the same year. Fucking hell. Now, Sonic's newest adventure is a 2.5D platformer called Sonic Superstars. And boy, did my wet dreams come true when this was announced. Just fucking ejaculating blue semen into my eyeballs. Um, he's back, everyone. He's back. Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, Amy, and they're all taking on Dr. Eggman. Surprise, surprise. And Fang the Sniper uh, mm. this time around. For those no dick, no balls, yeah. and probably no butthole since this guy feeds on radiation. Uh, mm. That's definitely Sonic. Um, in this game... <laughs> Chaos Emeralds will grant you individual powers upon collection, which is a really cool feature, and a couple of those sh- actually shown off in the direct, which is cool. Um, is there a there Chaos couch- Emerald that would actually make me interested in this title? Or- <laughs> Emotional damage! Would it grant me that ability, Steely? A- I'm sorry that this doesn't have fucking ray tracing in it, Joel, but I can't <laughs> help you there, mate. I'm sorry. Well, then fucking Just launch fucking- it into the sun. Put your fucking expectations up your ass and give it a try. That's all I'm saying. Oh, fucking hell, you just oh, just make me feel sad. Anyway, um, there's Couch Co-op available in this game, which I think is a really cool addition. Oh, great, Obviously, so we're going to have two board people. <laughs> Fuck me. Emotional <laughs> damage. <coughs> Sorry. Just shit the fucking bed, seriously. No, it's all right. I'm rude about your games that you're excited for with a thousand planets in it, so I don't care. Um, that's fine. Yeah, I didn't make the game. Now, um, obviously, fans of the series would know that you could virtually play Catch Co-op as Tails in Sonic 2 and 3, but now getting to play it with up to four players that can all be bored, such as J- JB's recommendation, I think is really neat. Um, now, June Sonoe is com- composing for this game, which um, if you're, anybody's familiar with June Sonoe, uh, I've said his name wrong. Uh, I don't care, though. Uh, means you can basically expect a soundtrack about as good as Sonic 4 that he also composed, which is like listening to razor blades cut a Casio keyboard's main circuit board than watching a sexual predator fuck it. Um, <laughs> wow. So I don't like his music. At this point, it just sounds like a parody of itself, which is just ridiculous. And um, look, there's some light at the end of the tunnel, everyone. t Lopes, mm. who worked on Sonic Mania, and this guy's a fucking wizard, will be helping out, and let's hope that he's helping out is basically making it sound good. Um, but look, this this game looks really great. I'm really pumped for it, even if I'm going to have to play it on mute so as to retain my sanity. Mm. Now, now, mm. this was fucking my favourite moment of the show at around 12, 15 a.m. Mm. Super us. Mario Bros. Wonder. 
Now, this fucking looks like a true evolution of the Mario series. And again, full of style, gorgeous, just complete. And it's completely voiced, which is really cool. Lots of like cool little voices happening in there and just full of joy, full of new and interesting game mechanics. Unlike the, you know, the new Super Mario Bros series, which was just kind of like good once, but it happened five times. So it's just like, it's like eating a burrito that you go, that's yum. I don't have to have it again another five times, though, to know it was. Anyway, um, but I don't know. It was a bad, a bad analogy, but I cannot wait. <laughs> I cannot wait for Super Mario Bros. Wonder. Um, so, yeah, just from a few of these announcements from Nintendo's, uh, um, from Nintendo's, uh, Nintendo fans will be eating really, really well this year with a couple of cool titles and also into the start of next year as well. Um, there's a whole bunch of other stuff in there that I couldn't have given two fucks about. Uh, Detective Pikachu 2 is coming out. That looks like a little bit of fun, maybe. Mm. Um, so who knows? But mm. there we go, everyone. Nintendo Direct. Fantastic. Boom. Well, thank you for that summary, Steely. Uh, I'm sure that uh, many of those games won't uh, suck. Mm. <laughs> uh, all right. I think I think they you showed some good stuff. <clears throat> they showed some good stuff. I. I think um, I thought Sonic looked awesome, Steely, and I really had a giggle with their yeah. catchphrase, which was uh, "new." What was it? "New thrills with old school feels." Mm. Yeah, love that. I thought it actually yeah. looked pretty good. I loved at the beginning how they showed the. I don't know if there's going to be an option to sort of play in some old school looking SNES graphics, but they had Sonic sort of going back and forth between old graphics, and new graphics. Mm. So that'd be cool if they had. I don't know if that was a thing. But that'd be cool if they had that incorporated into the game. It would be cool if they did, yeah. Somehow. Yeah. And like you said, that Super Mario's Wonder looked pretty cool as well. Now, I'm not going to pretend like I'm a know everything about the Mario games and stuff, but some of the um like the physics within the in the two D platform, there was like things moving. So you were sort of it was like the green pipe was like a snail. No, it was like a slug slugging yeah. along the and just some stuff like that, which I thought looked really cool as far as everything's fixed and you're sort of jumping or sort of like the, the level was sort of moving with you. I don't know if that's a new addition to yeah. the series, but I thought that looked super cool. So, mm. um, yeah. Similar to you with Starfield, I'm probably not going to go and get any of these games, but I did look at them and thought, yeah, they look pretty neat. Mm. They're just unfortunately well, uh, not that's enough what time game to play studios it all. want. They want players to, to just go, oh, yeah, that looks good, and then not buy it. <laughs> 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 Everyone can survive on uh, good intentions and not to. Uh, mm. Cold hard cash. They got me halfway there. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, moving on, Casey, uh, you've got an announcement that you were very excited to see that happened a couple of weeks ago now. Yes, 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 yes. Very, very. Yes, yes. Yes is than me. Yeah. Yeah. I fucking love that. Love you. I love what? <laughs> so with all the hundreds of millions of announcements in the past couple of weeks, the one that really stood out to me, I don't know why, it just popped up on my feed and then I just didn't read anything else after that because it's a huge nostalgic hit for me, is the announcement of the PS1 game Croc being remastered. Mm. Now, not to be confused with the very successful <laughs> Crocs World 2, Simon reviewed Malware of the Week. Don't confuse it with that. It's um, not that. No, it's, def- it's definitely a different game. Um, yes, sorry, we're not too. Um, yeah, Croc 
Legend of the Gobbos was an amazingly fun third-person 3D platformer where you play as a crocodile going through various levels, which you access via a world map. Um, and the aim is just to get to the end by collecting and saving little fairy creatures called Gobbos and you bang a gong at the end. It's very simple. Must be simple. confused with Legend of the Gobbos. <laughs> who, who do you Stop. bang at the end? <laughs> A gong. Oh. Now, that sounds a bit racist. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Wow. <coughs> anyway. Guys. Uh-huh. It's very simple, but it was a very fun and addictive game. And so the rumour of this HD remake can be, we can confidently confirm it as it was started, it was confirmed by the writer. Sorry, no, by the, hang on, what am I writing here? So... A writer for an online news website, Time Extension, James Batchelor, his name is, he wrote a piece on the iconic 1997 game and he, after he wrote the piece on it, he tweeted, now to campaign for a Croc remaster. So as a reply to that, the original developer of Croc um, from Argonaut Games and its founder, Jez San, came out saying, I have news, but it's a little premature to announce it. A Croc HD has started in early development. So Boom. not just a rumour, but confirmed by the, the man original founder of the game. Yeah. Good so who's who's played who, who's played this? Oh man, I got such fond memories of Croc oh, playing on PC. Yeah. I don't I don't think I and just doing a bit of digging there. This game's 25 years old, so we're going back way. We're going oh, back a long way. Oh, don't say that. That's, that makes me feel gross. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't but, feel good. Yeah, super fond memories of playing this on PC. I don't think I had the full mm. game. My um dad for many years had a subscription to, um was it PC User, the PC User magazines? Oh, and yeah. if you remember anything oh, yeah. from the 90s and the noughties, they always come with a disc and it'd be full of, you know, all demo kinds disc. of, yeah, of all kind of software, but including demos of games. And I've got a funny feeling That's that right. maybe Croc was on one of those demo discs and like a lot of games we had installed on the computer with just demos and you just get to play one or two levels. And a lot of these games, that's you just right. play the same level over and over and over again because that's all you could. But, mm. yeah, fond memories of playing uh, Croc back in the day on the PC. An absolute classic. Mm. Yeah, it, it was really, I don't know. I don't know if it's because I showed Simon a bit on YouTube to like try and explain it and show him and he thinks it looks boring. But so no, this but- is why I'm like, I don't know. Is it just a nostalgic thing for people that have played it or is it actually a good game? I don't remember. I, I remember playing a little bit on PC at a friend's house one time and I was like, yeah, this is cool. But I think just because you look at the old footage, unless it's bathed in nostalgia for you, the very old stuff is kind of like, wow, this was a very basic platformer. Oh yeah, it's, having said even that, I can say look at it confidently now and yeah. say, wow, that does not look good. But um, who knows? Might be might be a bit of fun. Well, sure. I'm yeah, it reminds me very similar. Like it gives me a very similar vibe to Spyro and stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah. Bit more, bit that more basic. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting to go. see like a lot of these old school games. They remaster them, but are they going to be fun in twenty twenty three? I know. They, see how they'll the thing, go, but um. The got, I think it's a long way off still from mm. being made. Like yeah. it says, it's it's probably a couple of years off still, but I'm I would, I'm look forward to it really. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Well, there we go. Uh, Croc uh, HD not coming for a little while yet. <gasps> Never. <laughs> well, isn't that what? Isn't that what everybody wants? Is for somebody to have an mm. apt amount of time before they come? Oh, mm. I'm just yeah. <laughs> 
I'm going to come. Yes. <laughs> All right, well. <laughs> oh, too much innuendo. Sorry, it's, everyone. It's yeah. a lot tonight. It's been pent up over three of- weeks. Yeah, it's very heavy tonight. <laughs> I'm just trying to get it all out. I'm sorry. Please don't. <laughs> Got to get it all out, everyone. Sorry. Oh, well, uh, you know, on that note, it is now time for Malware of the Week. It's Malware of the Week. Malware of the Week. And uh, this week, it's Fergus Fergamon Hamilton who is, uh, who's decided to uh, get out the old spatula and uh, <laughs> scrape the bottom of the gaming barrel for us. And what have you got for us this week? Righto, JB. This is where I landed this week on Malware of the Week. I played a little game called Flat Out 3 Chaos and Destruction. <laughs> Exactly. So I played this one on PC, um, and as you might have guessed, this is a racing game, and it is game number three of a series of four games. So mm. um, came out in 2011, um, and in short, feel the adrenaline pulse through your veins as you barrel through insane racetracks against monster trucks, race cars, off-road vehicles, and much more. Wow. Um, and I got it at a discounted price as well. I got it 90% off. <laughs> One dollar and forty-five cents. So oh, wow. I'm ticking a lot of I'm ticking Gold, a lot of boxes please. here. I've you know I've picked up a game. It sounds like it's <laughs> going to be great. I've only paid a dollar forty-five for it. Um, righto. So here we go. Went to play the game. I was super fired up for this one. Two seconds of the menu screen. Hard crash. Wow. Um, <laughs> runtime error. Into the ass. This application has required the runtime to terminate, and it is an unu- in an unusual way. Please contact the application support team for further information. Now. Okay. <laughs> A game that's been out for about nearly 15 years. Didn't think I was going to have much luck there. So I proceeded to spend the next hour scouring the internet and Steam community forums to try to find... There was no official patch, but an unofficial patch so I could actually play the game. And um, and for a few very nervous minutes there, I was on a Russian website where I was actually worried I was actually going to download some malware. Um, so before I ran to some safety, but... Luckily, someone off their own bat developed a patch for the game so you could actually play it on Steam and I was able to get into the game. So, look, it's a pretty classic racing affair. There was 10 race modes, some of which include the classics such as street racing, demolition derbies, monster trucks, off-road, a very unusual mode called Stuntman, um, which basically sees you ejecting yourself out of the car and trying to hit a target. Or so I think was okay. the purpose of that mode. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> of the 10 race modes, there was one called challenge mode, which basically gave you a random 50 different races in a row of all the different mods. So I thought that's probably the best way to get a good feel for this game and really get a good understanding of where this one sits. So, right, um, where do I start? I'm just going to go through the good, the bad, and with this one, the strange. So what was good about the game? The bones of the game, as far as the actual racing and the driving, wasn't too bad. It it gave me yeah. a good nostalgic hit of a lot of those games that came out in the early 2000s. Games like Crazy Taxi, mm. um, Simpsons Hit and Run. A very similar kind of arcade feel to the, the driving of the car. And that was actually not so um, not so bad. So, that, okay. that gets in the good category. That's the only bit. Um, okay. Moving on to the bad. Pretty much all of it. <laughs> The whole game. 
for a game that came out in 20, 2011, I mean, if this game came out in 2001, it would have been a bad game. It it feels like, and JB, you can probably relate to it, it feels mm. like when your kid comes to you at like 8 o'clock on a school night and says, oh, Dad, by the way, I've got a school project tomorrow and I need your help to get something. Oh, and you pretty much rush until midnight, mm-hmm. just stringing whatever you can. You're using all sorts of things. You're gluing all stuff together to come up with some kind of piece of crap. Yes, that's, I know the feeling well. That's what this game feels like. <laughs> it feels like the developer did the absolute minimum to finish the game. Um, and some of the things in... I played an hour. That's all I could stomach. I did an hour. These wow. are some of the things that I noticed. So, probably the worst physics in a racing game I've ever seen. <laughs> like, it didn't matter what kind of surface you were driving your car on. It had no bearing effect of the game whatsoever. So, if you drove on the road, on the dirt, if you drove in, like, chest-high grass, the handling and the speed and everything in the car was unaffected. There was, like, no physics. <laughs> Great. Um, in the street level, I think it was called Detroit, you could basically drive through anything within the confines of the boundaries of the racetrack. But as soon as you hit anything on the outside, you just explode. And I found that like I'd break to a near stop and I'd hit a picket fence and my car would blow up. But I could like drive through a styby pole <laughs> okay. and have no issues. Yeah, um, brilliant. Like the worst camera angles I've ever come across in a racing game. Like there was four different camera angles, but you couldn't actually change where you were sort of looking. So in any game where there was some kind of hill or a crest, you couldn't see over the crest because the camera angle was locked, locked in a way that you couldn't see what was beyond a hill. Mm. So you're basically driving. Every hill you went over, you couldn't see what was on the other side. So you're sort of just driving and hoping that there wasn't a bend when you came across it. Um, there was 10 modes. At no point did the game explain any of them, <laughs> what the objective was, what any of the buttons were. Like in the bottom right-hand corner of the screen, there was like a NOS bar and then there was a red bar. No idea what the red bar does. It could have been anything. It could have sent me to the moon. The NOS bar I worked out, but there was another bar which was there. No, not explained at any point in time. Who knows? There was no instructions on any of the buttons, like not even press, you know, the right trigger to accelerate. There was nothing. The worst menu music I've ever seen, ever. It was 10 seconds of a loop of basically this distorted guitar over some kind of steel drum. And it only went for about five <laughs> seconds and it just kept repeating and repeating and repeating. Mm, and it, fuck, that was horrific. Um, some of the strange stuff. Now, the game didn't take itself too seriously. Oh, a lot of playable characters. Um, probably my favorite character was uh, Zoro the Mechanic, who looks strangely a lot like Ron Jeremy. Um, if you don't know who Ron Jeremy <laughs> is, maybe go- do some Googling later. Maybe not on a work PC. Yeah, it's... Um, <coughs> have safe service. <coughs> there, was, uh, there was Justin Case, Bob Earl Homer Deluxe. There was Katie, Katie Boxing Sale. Um, and interestingly, I tried a few different characters. They, I don't think they had stats. They had some kind of bio, but I thought, oh, I'll try a few different characters to see if there's any difference. All of the characters within the car looked strangely different. So if I played as Zorro, he looked like he was about five years old, like he couldn't see over the steering wheel. And then some of the other characters were like normal sized. There was some bizarre stuff. Um, this stuntman mode that I talked about, you basically drive your car up a ramp, you eject yourself, and then I think you have to land on a tar- on a target. But it was not explained to me at any point in time. And I tried it so hard to try to just finish one of these levels, but I didn't know what the buttons were to sort of accelerate myself. Or so, yeah. In my fifty 
uh, in the mode where you do the 50 challenges, when I got to the stuntman, I couldn't progress because I couldn't finish the level because I didn't know what any of the buttons were to try to get myself to the target. Um, Probably the last thing that I had a lol about. You mentioned it in one of your games the other week. As far as the loading screens, some of the weirdest shit I've ever seen on a loading screen. Like, this is a racing game, guys. I saw this multiple times. Finish first to win the race. Well, you know. Uh... <laughs> what? What do you it's mean? Not it's wrong. Uh, what? Yeah, I, I suppose, yeah, it's not wrong, but why are you telling me this? I think that's pretty Thanks. obvious. How about you Fucking tell me the Captain buttons obvious. to how to play your game? Yeah. That'd be more useful to me. <laughs> I, I'm trying to finish first. I am. I don't know any of the buttons. I've got a red bar. I don't know what it's for. Mm. Look. That's the win bar. Yeah, apparently. Um, so, in summary, <laughs> if we're looking for a score, I'm going to give this one the same as the price that I paid for it. This game gets 1.45 discerning gamers out of 10. Wow. In that case. Oh, if you close your <laughs> eyes. Emotional damage. Nearly some malware from a Russian website. Well, that, that's just a bonus, <laughs> uh, I think. So, uh, mm. uh, well, you get to uh, get the a... The fact a, that you played an hour is very impressive. Yeah. Simon did not put an hour into Crocs World 2. I don't think I physically actually could. <laughs> I spent more it was time... all the same. I spent more time trying to get a patch to play the game. Mm. Uh, anyway, so, I'm glad know, I didn't spend $14.50 for it. You really get a yeah, really barely upset. passable racer and a backdoor into Medibank private service. Yeah, that's so, it. Uh, mm. Fantastic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right, well, that's uh, Malware of the Week. Malware of the Week, yeah. Mm. Fantastic. Well, uh, on that note, it is now time for our novelty segment for the week. Yeah, get excited. and sauce sandwiches. Mmm, <laughs> delicious. And this week for our novelty segment, we are asking what game disappointed you the most? Uh, because they're all out there. We've had games that we've been really hanging out for, really looking forward to, and then we get them home, load them into our little gaming console, whatever that may be, and it's shit. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, leading the charge this week, uh, C Mac. What have What have you got for us? What have you got for us? Well, my game is what malware of the week was originally n- named for. Was oh, fuck my what's the name <laughs> of it? My time, my time. You got to laugh. My time in Porsche. What What is it? What? <laughs> My time in what is it? My time in the only person that's had time in Porsche of late is fucking is bloody Ellen DeGeneres' fingers. Oh God! (laughs) You didn't. Mm. Plenty of time (laughs) spent in Porsche uh, there, Mm. Uh, but yes. uh, So yes, tell us. Yes, well. I probably don't need to say much because Simon already went into much detail about this, but we we were really excited for this game. Was it on the Switch? Ah, yeah. Yeah. And oh, actually, we got it on PS4, I think. Yeah, and it came out as a physical copy, so we thought well, it must be good. And it, it, the trailer looked fun. It sort of reminded me of it, sort of like an 
Animal Crossing kind of adventure ish, like you know, farming good and well. good reviews and lots of you know, a very niche sort of following saying how amazing this game was. And like Simon said, just <laughs> like malware. <laughs> Yeah. It, it was just really blocky looking, really jagged, the movements. There wasn't just the physics were just terrible. They were awful. And, yeah, it was boring. It was just a big, you know, like those old, old, old games where it's just huge, vast areas of nothing, similar to like in Ocarina of Time, you know, it's just like big. Yeah. <laughs> not not were not good though. But yeah, but this is <laughs> this had nothing in it. It was just big, vast areas of nothing. Mm. No, nothing you can do. Emotional we damage. We were so looking forward to playing this. We gave it a really good go, didn't we? We we, we tried. We tried it for ages because like we got it. This can't be that bad, and it just got worse, and it just got more boring. And yeah, the game had about as far a draw distance as a kid with short sightedness. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, just looking directly in front of you. It was just nothing, and it, like, and you'd go to. It, there was just a lot of bad dialogue, and it just it was very spammy. You know what I mean? Like in a, in a way that you kind of got. It felt like it was a mobile game. That's but right. It was on a console, and it was weird. Yeah, just weird. I don't know if it was just a because for me it felt like it was just brought out too quickly. It was just too rushed, and that's why it was so sparse and weird and mm. blocky looking. But that was it. That was the game. And you yeah, arrive. Why it got good reviews? Arrive in a new area of the game, and then all of a sudden you you're seeing a video of someone putting this purple shit on their teeth to whiten their uh, <laughs> smile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pay ten bucks for the movie what? ads. <laughs> yeah. oh, <for> the ads. <laughs> you would have paid top dollar as well i reckon this was like a not a trip oh, not a uh, indie oh was it an indie game did it cost you a lot of money it you would was. have paid money for it no i probably we probably would have paid probably 50 bucks for it maybe right, 40 yeah. 40 39 dollars maybe. Maybe. when we took it back to eb games we didn't we kept it when I, no we, we didn't take it back we kept Pretty it sure we took it back no, we kept it, and then because we thought we'd get try it again, and then we just traded it in later. No, we never. I don't think we even bought it from there. Anyway, very, it was just very disappointing, and it just that's the first thing that came to my mind is so in, whatever the hell that was. In summary, C Mac, if you had to summarize your time in Porsche <laughs> uh, in one word, how would you summarize it? Oh, so... My time at Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you're trying to say? Yes, that's that's right. <laughs> yeah. One yeah. word. How um, would you summarize it? <laughs> summarize it. Um, uh, uh, Locky. Okay. That's poetry in motion. What do you reckon? Just like like blocky. <laughs> mm. I'd more describe it as just like disgusting. A wet tissue. That's not one word though, is so, it? Three words, so, so wet is Simon's answer. <laughs> Tissue. Simon's not wet. I got blocky. Yeah. <laughs> well, a delight for the senses. It sounds. Uh, all right, uh, Simo. What uh, what game disappointed you the most? A lot of things disappoint me, um, but one thing in recent memory that has disappointed me the most was. And this is not going to alarm anyone, but Sonic 
forces everyone. Mm. Now the cheeky motherfuckers at Sega Sammy Group, when they announced this absolute shoe of a game, mentioned it would be developed by the team that brought you Sonic Colors and Sonic Generations, and boy, did they lie straight to our faces with that one. Only about two of the staff members on Sonic Colors and Sonic Generations, respectively, were on this game, and that is not enough to turn the tides of its inevitable downfall. Uh, when the when Project Sonic, which is what it was initially called back in 2017, was announced, this game looked like it was going to be a masterpiece. Like, it looked really good. Um, it was just a CG trailer, but I loved the the direction it was going in. Um, it looked like a true sort of next-gen Sonic that was made in that, that style that was working really good at the time, the boost formula and all that, with a killer-looking story. And then when it came to its release, it was anything but a masterpiece. It was just an absolute shambles. Um, the game basically plays itself, you know, um, and, and the story was just full of issues, right? So characters from past entries of the series were blatantly shoved into cutscenes for marketing and material to sell copies. Um, but this game was a disaster. Uh, I enjoyed Sonic 06 more than this game. Um, and that's saying something. Um, mainly because I went into Sonic 06 in 20, you know, from the, the in 2010 after knowing it had released for quite a while and it was bad, knowing it was going to be bad. But this game, I was really excited for it and I finished it in two days. I don't know why I played it to the end. I, I play Sonic games to the end if they're in my household. Mm. And then much to my disappointment, I hated every single moment of it. Um, and it was it was just... It's like when you order a pizza from a takeaway shop and you can, and I've done this before, you can smell the chickens off on your barbecue chicken. You can smell it. You can taste oh, it. God. But you get home and you are so hungry, you <laughs> eat it anyway. Oh. And then the next day- And then I'd like to know how my balls taste. <laughs> then the next day, you're not only shitting through the eye of a needle, but you're also vomiting up your small intestine through your nostrils <laughs> um it, it was just like that so i returned it straight back to eb got my money back um absolute abomination of the game and so disappointing i i was just so pumped for it and again the, the game plays itself like th there are some parts in it where you hold one button for a level you'll boost and then that's all like you don't you don't have to jump you don't have to do anything you just press one button there are people that play the game and they go look i've just pressed the boost button, and I've gotten to the end of the level. They don't even have to turn corners or steer or duck away from enemies because you can just ram through them all for a start. But mm. then there are aspects of the game, though, where you do have to control Sonic, where it's unplayable, where he's just constantly <laughs> falling off the edge and, and like, you, you try and turn a corner and he's so stiff. Like, you know, he's like an old man on Viagra. <laughs> Viagra, you can't move him anywhere. It's just bad. I just, um, look, just stay away from Sonic Forces. Absolute train wreck of a game. Um, but I'm so glad they followed it up with Sonic Frontiers, one that I was mm. expecting to hate and actually really liked. Mm. Well, do Sonic Forces. Right, Ferg. What have you got for us? What are your disappointments? I got a couple. Um, the second one I won't spend much time on, but I'll start off with a game that we've discussed 
many t- numerous times on the podcast, and that's Battlefield 2042. Came out at the end of, no, I think it was November 2021. This was a game, played the beta. I had very, very low expectations of the game. Um, I bought it close to release, as in I think I bought it maybe a week after it came out. I literally couldn't play it until I think it was about the beginning of the year. So for about three weeks, couldn't boot the game up because some issues that they were having. Um, I left a bad review on Steam. I think it was just before. It was on Christmas Eve. So that's a month after it came out and I hadn't played the game yet. I think I got in early January to actually play it. And I think what is disappointing about the whole thing is that if you look, if you go back through the history of these games, Battlefield 3, it's a god-tier game. The amount of hours I spent playing that game is silly. It's probably up there as the most hours I've poured into a game. Battlefield 4... I had just as much fun. Loved it. Hardline, gave it a miss. Probably not a bad idea. Battlefield 1, amazing experience. These are like unbelievable. A stripped back version of the game being World War 1, but just the gunplay and all that stuff was incredible. Battlefield 5, decent. Good. Maybe a little bit shaky. And then Battlefield 2042 was an absolute dumpster fire. Now, granted, they've spent a fair bit of time since it's come out ironing it, but when I was playing it on launch, this game was horrible like i could go on forever about all the things that made these this game in particular bad but if you look at the games i listed before battlefield 3 4 1 and 5 all the things that made those games great were either omitted on launch in battlefield 24 or just weren't in the game to start off with so you take all the good things out of the game and that's what you're left with battlefield 42 so disappointing um, and it really has me worried for the future of that franchise to be honest I've got very little hope that they can sort of turn it around at this point so that was my first one the second one something a bit different because it actually didn't get horrible reviews um, and that was Mass Effect Andromeda um, which mm. came out in March 2017 I played it on the Xbox One had a meta score of 76 so yeah, it's pretty decent um, well. there were a few teething issues on launch i don't know if you guys remember that one that it released with all the funny facial animations like everyone's face was sort of yes. moving around and stuff which was sort of hilarious mm. but also very disturbing because you spent a good chunk of that game in dialogue with others and every time you'd see shepherd on the screen he's like eyes were sort of like rolling around his head and he's like doing all these real weird things with his face yeah that was kind of hilarious but this it, it was an interesting game because they had a demo of it and you could play like the first 10 or 15 hours for free before you had to commit buying the game and so i paid played the first 10 to 15 hours and i was like oh it's actually not too bad like i'm a big fan of the series love the previous games i mean mass effect 2 is up there one of my favorite games of all time and so i was like sure i'll buy i'll, I'll buy it i think i shelled out a hundred bucks and pretty much from the point that i paid my money the game never really felt like it got out of first gear like it wasn't a bad experience but it just wasn't great it was sort of just nothing terribly exciting happened. And even at this point in time, like nothing resonates with me at all with that game. So that was disappointing to be similar as Battlefield 2042. Previous games that I'd loved, and then the new one came out, which I was excited for. Got a taste of it in 15 hours and thought it was looking all right. And then it just sort of just cruised along and it was just average. Mm. So, yeah, Battlefield 2042 for being a dumpster fire and Mass Effect Andromeda for just not really getting out of first gear and living up to the hype to the previous ones. My disappointing games. 
Well, uh, the one that I was uh, going to quickly t touch on was uh, a little game called Fallout Tactics. So when Fallout Tactics was released in 2001, it had been three years since the release of the previous Fallout title, which was Fallout 2, and hopes were extremely high for a new Fallout title, uh, like particularly among my group of friends. In Fallout 2, what made the game great was a combination of the dialogue, the application of various skills, solving problems for people, buying and upgrading weapons and other inventory items, and the fun turn-based combat where critical hits and NPCs could quickly turn the tide of a fight. Fallout Tactics uh, took the approach of eliminating everything but the combat and putting the player in one combat situation after another. Um, and basically that approach just excluded so much of what made Fallout 2 such a fun game to play and just focused on the combat and nothing else. So I remember playing Fallout Tactics and being just extremely disappointed that uh, all those other elements were missing and I didn't even end up playing the game to completion. I'm pretty sure I uh, gave it away to uh, another friend of mine and just said, here you go, it's, uh, it's all yours. Because yeah. uh, it was fucking shit. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, very much disappointing. And this was at a time when we were so starved, like, we got told that that uh, Interplay and Black Isle Studios were working on a Fallout 3 that was uh, codenamed Van Buren and there was little little tidbits and updates like that were coming out oh yep yeah, yeah Van Buren yep they're working on it they've they've done you know this new yeah they've got this new bit finished and it's all it's all happening of course uh, Van Buren never never saw the light of day and the franchise sat dormant for many years before it was picked up by Bethesda and mm. obviously carried on from there. But, uh, yeah, Fallout Tactics wouldn't wouldn't waste your time. So, yeah, get fucked. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a reincurring theme with all of the games we picked other than my time at Porsche, not in Porsche. Is that there? Thank you. They're all games that we've, you know, excited because we've got history with the previous games and... Mm. When they every now and then have a wobble, a bit disappointed, but anyway. Yeah. Well, that brings us to the end of a, another episode of the Descending Gamer podcast. I'd like to thank the DG crew, starting with Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Thank you, Fergus. Thanks, JB. Always a pleasure, mate. And Simon Steely McLaughlin. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. And thank you for putting up with all my innuendos today. Mm. Mm. And last but not least, uh, Casey C. Mac, pistol pissed, Master P. The the pissed, pistol pissed. Uh, McLaughlin, thank you, C. Mac. Thank you. No worries. And Thanks, uh, yes, if uh, you want to uh, tell us about your biggest disappointment in the gaming world, you can reach out to us on the socials. Uh, drop us a line: Instagram, Facebook. Um, whatever you like and we'll see you next week see ya bye see ya everyone see you later oh wait do my Husey one see you next week guys <laughs> special guest <laughs> name you I'm a gamer now